Welcome to the Expert Speak podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to a, another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and uh, today I'm talking with uh, a dear friend of mine, Tom Trush. Uh, Tom is the author of uh, three books. The most recent is Escape the Expected, and he's a prolific copywriter, and that's why I wanted him to be on the, sh- the program today. So, Tom, welcome to Experts Speak. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having me. Well, you're welcome. It's going to be a fun conversation. It's been a, a few months since we've been together, um, but I yeah. wanted to make sure that um, we, we got a chance to talk to you about copywriting because what you do is so important uh, for small business owners. Uh, but before we get into the deep content and, and how you help people and, and how people can uh, use your, your skills in, in copywriting and reading your books, tell us a little bit about you, your company, and how in the world did you become a copywriter? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll back it up a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm a copywriter, which just basically means that um, you know, I write the messaging uh, that people, that companies use in their marketing materials. And that can be for you know, website content, email campaigns, direct mail, all that kind of stuff, all designed to get people to take some type of action. And sometimes that action is a sale, sometimes, I mean, but it doesn't always have to be a sale. It can uh, be done to you know, create relationships and um, just to get people to raise their hand to, to show that they're interested in, in what it is that you offer. And the way that I got into it, uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, it's appropriate for this podcast because it, it uh, involves a book and how I got into this business. Because the reality is back in college, I had no idea that what I'm doing right now was even possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, in college, I worked at a library. And it wasn't the, uh, the library on campus. It was a, a city library. I worked at two of them, actually. And what was great is that um, you'd get the the you know, you get access to the newest books, right? Um, being in the library, you know, it wasn't always busy. And so you had time to work, but it just gave me like good insight into, um, not one, well, I don't know if that's insight, but just that, that craving to learn, right. uh, when you're around all those books, yeah, it just, it's, uh, it, it was just a great place to work. And, and so, there was one day in particular, and this was actually a little bit after uh, I had left uh, the library. I had left the library to go into something related to my degree, which was in journalism. But I went back to the library just to you know, see some friends and then you know, just grab some books. So this was in 2001. Um, I went into the business section. I knew the business section. That was my favorite place to go. And I saw a book that grabbed my attention. It was called The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman. Hmm. And uh, I still have the book today. Again, this was 2001 that I grabbed that book and I read it. And in that book, it talked about, it was the way it was labeled in the book was commercial writer. The idea behind it was um, it was people who wrote for businesses and uh, basically were writing businesses, marketing materials, and that these businesses had budgets set aside for these people that they would hire to write their marketing materials. Now I came from the journalism world where uh, you'd get you're used to getting paid you know a few bucks to write an article here or there or and it would be some crazy deadlines which I never enjoyed because it was like the deadline took priority over the quality of the work so Very if you had to get something in under deadline 
you know, it didn't matter if you didn't get that source that you needed. You had to just get it in. You had to figure out. And I didn't like that. I liked the more in-depth. And like I said at the beginning with the library, it, it really like opened this idea of learning. And that's what I liked about is like going into a business, learning about the business, learning about the a business's prospects and what are their problems and how we can write copy that targets those problems. And so that book opened up my eyes. I was like, commercial writing? Holy smokes, what am I doing in this journalism world? Because <laughs> uh, at the time I was working at a magazine writing articles covering sports, which I thought that's what I wanted to do. But this commercial writing world thing, oh man, I... Um, I remember going online and looking and sure enough, there are job postings like for freelance writers and stuff. I was like, man, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Now, from reading that book uh, to when I uh, went out on my own was a little bit of time. I, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, 2001, read the book, started a little side gig in 2001 and then left my full-time position that at the time was an editor, newswire, ed- editor and uh, newsroom supervisor at a newswire service. Left that in 2004 and have been on my own ever since. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was one book that just opened my eyes and, man, I was off and running. I was like, yes, that's what I want. Isn't <laughs> so. that great when you, when you find your passion in life and what you're really meant to do? You know, I, I have the privilege of what I call living my dream which doing what I'm, I, I think I'm made to do. Sounds like you're doing the exact same thing. This is your third book escape the expected right yes escape the expected what is that about so the the subtitle is the secret psychology of selling to today's skeptical consumers um the idea with escape the expected like like all the books have some kind of general theme around them now the overall thing like that i like to do with my books it's basically providing marketing tips um the idea behind escape the expected is um in marketing there are certain things that get done from company to company, business to business, and they really, it's almost like they copy each other. They're doing the same type of thing. And so as prospects, when we see marketing, like we recognize it. Subconsciously, we recognize it. As a result, many times we just tune it out. We ignore it. So the idea of escape the expected is you have to go beyond what your prospects are expecting. You have to surprise them. Um, and there's some great research that's been done where the element of surprise in our, in, in our minds, mm-hmm. it has the same effect as drugs, like literally like hardcore drugs where we just crave more. And so with surprise, like, like if you think about situations where you've been surprised before, I mean, many times it's, it's a pleasant experience. You want more, you like the idea. Now, of course, there are negative situations, but when it comes to marketing, if you can look at places where you could surprise your prospects, do something that they're not expecting, communicate in a way that they're not expecting, or present information in a way that they're not expecting, or deliver in a format that they're not expecting. Well, now you start tapping into that with the mind, it's craving more of what you have to offer. So that's where the idea of escape the expected is like that spot, the surprise, the element of surprise in your marketing. Dude, I love that. What comes to my mind is, this is totally off subject, but my my youngest son, who's, who's 21, he and I love horror movies. And so we watch horror movies and you talk about the, the next, you know, the next surprise. We're just waiting because we know it's going to come, but we don't know when. And I never thought about that concept, not necessarily that you want to scare your prospects, but the, the idea of, of doing something different, unexpected. Um, I, I walked to my mailbox the other day, Tom, and um, in, in my mailbox was this, this big pink envelope that, that a friend sent me. 
I pulled it out and there's her pink book, right? And I thought, now that's unexpected, right? Yes. But when I, when I saw a big thing like that in my, in my mailbox, I had to open it. Yeah. So um, that was totally unexpected going along with your theme. But uh, that's really, really intriguing because the other thing that hit me when you were talking is subconsciously we see an ad and we know, oh, that's an ad so I can tune it out. Yeah. That's, I've not heard anybody else talking about that aspect. So unpack that a little bit. And how do you get around that then? How could a business owner look at their marketing and go, oh, this looks like marketing. What, what are some of the flags, I guess? Well, so that's, that is the thing. So you, it's, it's as simple as that. So if your marketing looks like marketing, sounds like marketing, feels like marketing, that's a sure sign you got to <laughs> get away from that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the most effective marketing often doesn't look like marketing. It doesn't sound like marketing. So let me give you an example. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the book and it's, it's the idea like with our kids, and it's not so much now because uh, our mentality is eating a little more healthier. But like when my kids were young and maybe the same, like you mentioned with your son who's 21 now, if you ask, you know, back when they were kids, like four or five years old, you ask the kid where they want to go. Many times they're going to say McDonald's. They want to go to McDonald's. Right. And if you think about it, remember the Happy Meal inside of a Happy Meal. Yes, you're, for, well, first off, you're getting a Happy Meal, which is something completely different than what you're used to getting at home. The other component is the Happy Meal always has a prize inside. There was yeah. some kind of toy gift. You didn't know what it was. You had to open it up. Same thing with like Cracker Jack. You have to open yeah. it up. You have to see the surprise. So you have to now apply that to your marketing. So if you're just sending like you just opened that or you showed that direct mail piece. If that came, let's say that you just opened up your mailbox. You see a typical number 10 white envelope with a window. You're like. Oh, great. Yep. <laughs> you know, right. it does nothing for you. There's no experience with that. You know, right. but the pink envelope, padded, big envelope, there's an experience there. It's a surprise. Oh, I got to open it. I got to see. It's the same thing with like a FedEx box that comes to your door. Oh, yep. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to open the thing. The, so. Well, the, the other thing just, and it's simple. I got a number 10 envelope in the mail yesterday, two days ago from a local company. I do car repairs. They do my car repair stuff, mm -hmm. but it was hand addressed. And I thought, why are they sending me something? So it intrigued me. I opened it up. There was a little thank you note for a referral and a coupon. But because it was ha physically hand-addressed, it caught my attention. And it wasn't, oh, what's this? It's like, oh, what's this? So yes. that's it could be something that simple, right? Right, right. I mean, you can even think, how does this carry over to you know, email? So let's say like people sending out their email newsletter. You know, there are times where you see it comes in, the, in your inbox. It's exactly the same every month or worse yet, they don't even send every month. They are sending on an inconsistent basis. But as soon as you see it in your inbox, you're like, oh, this is just a newsletter. It went out to a bunch of people. You open up, it's in a nice template with a logo and you're like, oh, well, you know, what's the experience here? You're getting the same thing over and over again. You know what it is. It's marketing. So you got to get beyond that. You know, even if something as simple as email, you know, what can you, how can you send out an email that makes it look a little bit different, that creates a different experience that goes beyond what your prospects are expecting? Yeah, that's really, that's really important. I'm a big email marketing fan. And so I'm always talking to, to people about how to do email differently than all the other emails we get because I don't want my emails to look like marketing. I want them to look like personal communications and have fun and bring yes. smiles to people's faces so that 
when you get an email from me, I hope you go, oh, Michael's emailing me, and you open it, because that's the whole point yeah. of email, right? Right, right. But it's because right. it's, it's unexpected. Um, so let, let's, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about your book and, and about marketing from, from a small business perspective. Um, what, are some, what are some ways people can be at, um, unexpected in their marketing, whether it's email, Facebook, or things? Is, does it have more to do with the message and the personality of that business owner? Is that what you're talking about? Or give me, give me some ideas to, to wrap our heads around how yeah. could somebody listen to this and go, oh, I got it. Well, see, the problem with most marketing is that people think about, especially when it comes to the copy, so what can I put down on this piece of paper? What can I put down on this email that's going to result in me getting a sale? And that's the wrong mentality to have. Really, I encourage people to look at their marketing as a way to have fun. So how can you create an experience for the person on the other end? And um, you know, we've talked about direct mail. I mean, direct mail is one of the easiest ways to do that, to send little items through the mail. Uh, I've sent some crazy stuff, apple pies, socks, calculators, you know, all this stuff through the email because it creates, you know, an experience. It's something completely different than what people um, are expecting. Even when somebody lands on your, on your website, there are so many websites that look exactly the same, you know, as their competitors. You see it in the legal industry, especially, I mean, we, we both, you know, know that industry fairly well. Yes. Uh, you see that it's just a templated website that, a design firm created for this attorney and then created the same thing for the, another attorney. And the, the copy, like the homepage, it just sounds the same. Everything sounds identical. So uh, this is the Joan Smith and uh, Newman law firm. And we've been in business for X number of years, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's identical stuff. So you know, it's natural to just ignore it, want to ignore that stuff because there's no differentiating factor. You've commoditized your marketing. Exactly. And I want to talk about this a little bit because you're brilliant at this and you're hitting on, on, on one of my hot buttons that I talk about a lot is, is telling that personal story of the business owner. And a lot of times as I talk with clients, they kind of shy away from that. And I'm like, no, that, that needs to be pretty front and center because especially in, in the legal field or really any field, when I get to bond with you, well, we've always heard you got to know, like, and trust people, right? Right. Well, how do I get to like and trust you besides understanding your story? I like you a lot better now because I know your story, Tom, of how you got into this. It's like, well, that's fascinating. Common ground. Talk a little bit about how, would, how, how should somebody weave that in to, let's say, a website? And yeah. should that be on the homepage or the About Us page or both? Or how, how do you add that personality aspect into what you're doing? Well, I think where you place it depends almost about almost with the the branding um, that you're looking to get across. Now, I I look at branding not as logos and, and company names. Branding, you know, more about the feel. Like, what does somebody feel about yes. your business? Um, and and if that that real personal family approach, then maybe that is something for your homepage. Um, if it's more of a secondary, if that 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 touchy feely stuff is more a secondary part of your business. Maybe it goes over to your homepage because, or it goes over to your about page because you know, we know the about page, oftentimes it's going to be the second most visited page on a, on a website. So it'll still get visible. I mean, it'll still get visibility. Um, one of the challenges I think that people run into with their story and, and you probably see this too, is that they think they have to have something super elaborate. Like it has to be, they hear these, stories that the self-help gurus have where, you know, it's down on my luck, was homeless, living under a parked car in a park, 
And, you know, and then I jumped and I'm now making seven figures a year. So they think that their story has to be something like that. But like the story I just told you was I walked into a library. I saw a book. The book grabbed my attention. I read the book and it completely changed the course of my career. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's nothing. I mean, anybody can go do that any single day. And uh, we have how many people walk into a library every single day? I mean, there's nothing truly unique about it, but it's more like it's your personal story. And when there's truth behind it, people feel that they can relate to it. It doesn't have to be anything that's super elaborate. It doesn't, which is fascinating because your story resonates with me because I remember the day that I stood in a bookstore in a mall. I was probably 20 and I looked down and I saw this red covered book and I pulled it up and it was How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. I still have the book. That was a directional change in my life. So one book changed the direction of my life. I, I resonate with that. So now we've yes. taken that next step in building more common ground to go, I really do like this guy. He's a lot like me, right? And that's how you start building connections and, and really building your brand uh, identity with a prospect. Yeah, you're exactly, you're exactly right. Because look what, yeah, look what just happened to us. I mean, very common story, nothing real elaborate. But now you feel, you and I, you, we have this connection and it happens. You want that same thing to happen with your prospects when they come to your website. So um, you say something like, like your story versus what I mentioned before. Hi, this is a such and such law firm. We do a business in such and such years. We're going to fight for your rights. Okay. You know, there's no feeling with that because everyone's saying it. But then you get your story in. Okay. Now you, you, you have those commonalities and you're like, oh, I like this person. This person went through this or this person likes such and such sports team. Well, great. So do I. I'm gonna go to, I want to yes. talk to that person because here's the other thing to think about is, you know, society, we naturally look to group ourselves into somebody to find um, commonalities with people. And when you right. can do that with your marketing, then uh, it just creates a real strong connection that helps you stand out from competitors because immediately there's that, that feeling like, okay, this is the right person. I, this person is me. You know, I, I, I know that person. Yeah. And it's so cool because, you know, we all know that we all make decisions emotionally first. Then we find all the logic and reasons to back up what I want to do, right? That's why people are driving Teslas and Porsches and all that stuff uh, because a Chevrolet would do just fine. But we want to drive that, right? But the same thing with buying decisions, whether it's an attorney, financial advisor, or a plumber, if I like that guy, I'm going to find reasons to use them. And yeah. it's not hard to do, but we make it really complex, don't we? What about, Oh yes. Oh, do, you, yes. do you have any like simple tips that you've learned over the years that, that small business owners could take and say, next time you're writing copy, whether it's website, direct mail, email, so whatever, here are some things that you need to avoid, I guess, or here's some things you need to do to make the, help them escape the unexpected. Well, let me, let me just touch on a problem that isn't talked about much, um, yeah, but I see please. it as a huge issue. And that's idea, the idea that, in, and this is going to sound a little bit different coming from me being a copywriter, because typically with a copywriter, you know, a copywriter, most are going to tell you, hey, uh, the words that I, the words that you have in your marketing piece are the most important element. And that's just, it's not true. The biggest factor that determines response on any type of marketing piece, whether that's your website, whether it's email, whether that's direct mail, is your audience. You have to look to your market or your audience first, cr then create the copy around the audience. Because you could have a super powerful 
you can have the best marketing copy in the world, send it out to a terrible audience, an audience that isn't a good match for it. It doesn't matter how effective that marketing copy is, it's not going to get a response. So you have to remember the biggest factor is going to be your audience. So you always have to take a step back. Think about, okay, who are the people that I'm targeting and what are the problems that they're having? Like how, how can I position what I offer as a solution to the problems that my ideal prospects have? Now, if we just think about at the time we're recording this, middle of May, think back just the past two, two and a half months. Many of the problems that in all types of businesses that the ideal, your ideal prospect has, they're different now. You know, their priorities have changed. They're buying for different reasons. And we see it's not that money all of a sudden disappears and that there isn't, uh, that nobody is buying. It's just the, the money has changed hands, but also people are buying for different reasons. So now is one of those times where the smart companies, they're looking to adjust their messaging because they realize that the priorities for their target prospects, they've changed a little bit. And so, I mean, that is one of my biggest things that I encourage people to do is don't necessarily, like I said before, sit down and think, what can I put in this piece of paper? What can I put in this email to get somebody to buy? Think about your market. Think about your audience. Identify those problems and pick one. And it's not like you have to stick with that one problem, but if you can match your messaging to one particular problem and speak in a language that your ideal prospect understands and they, when they hear it, they're like, yep, that's what I'm feeling. That's when you create, uh, you create that connection. The other thing that you have to do that I encourage people to do, and I see another issue, is that when it comes to marketing, they'll do it once. It's the worst number in marketing. We hear that. I think it was Dan Kennedy said that. But how often do we see this? They try something one time. Consistency is one of the biggest keys in marketing. You have to do something consistently. You can't just run a Facebook ad one time and then it doesn't get the response you want and say, well, I tried Facebook. It didn't work. You can't just send out a direct mail piece. Oh, I didn't get the response. It didn't work. Yeah. No, it's not that the mediums don't work. The channels don't work. It's the approach you're taking doesn't work. And true marketing is when you do something, you get back data, you adjust, you do it again. And the most effective marketing will then come in when it starts working well for you. It's when you've made enough adjustments. It's very rare that you're going to step up to home plate. The first pitch you see, you're going to hit a home run. It just doesn't happen much in marketing. It's a process. Just like in baseball, you know, you hit three times out of 10. Man, that's a, your Hall, your of, fame, Hall of Fame. That's Hall right. of Fame. You've got yeah. seven failures. It's the same thing in marketing. You're going to have a lot of failures in marketing. It's those who stick with it who grab that data, just like the pitch coming in, you see the pitch, you're like, oh, that wasn't my pitch. It, but you, you got data. And now you know what you're looking for. And then you just adjust and you do it again. So it's consistency is one of those big keys that I see so many businesses lacking. Yeah. And, th and that's huge. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it's consistency and it's also um, moving from one to the next to the next. They may, they may have a marketing budget and they're marketing every month, but they do a little bit of Facebook, then they stop and they go over here. And that's what you're talking about versus saying, no, we're going to do Facebook in this example for a few months to get data. Then we're going to go over and either leave that or keep that and add something else and add something else. And you, and you really don't need 12 marketing channels. No. I, I've seen no. great success with two and three, but yeah. you dominate the ones that you have the, the other thing, I was looking at your book on Amazon, 
and looking through the table of contents and you have trust trilogy part one, which I really love what you say here because it relates to what you just said, Tom, instead of marketing what you want to say, give prospects what they need to succeed. And too many times in marketing, the focus, if you think of a spotlight, I always think the spotlight is shining on the business owner. And yeah, we need to turn that around and say, no, no, let's shine it on the customer. And what do they want to buy from us, right? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely want to shine the, the, your spotlight on the prospect. And I'm always thinking about like with marketing, how can you deliver value? Because so much marketing, like you said, the spotlight is focused on the business. So all the marketing does is talk about the business. But if we could switch that spotlight, put it on the prospect and help a prospect see some type of result. A lot of times when I'm writing, let's say it's an email out to like my list. In the back of my mind, my thought is, what can I put in this email that when applied, when implemented, could deliver a result by tonight? So I want to give people information that if they do something with that information, they're going to see some kind of result. Because you just imagine the connection that you create. Because what happens is people ultimately, they want more of what it is that you're offering. If they see it, they get a little taste. It's like when you sit down at dinner, you get a little appetizer. Ooh, I'm not full. I need the full dinner. They, they're going to want. They're going to want more. Now that goes back to like the education-based marketing, and things have changed a little bit. You can't just give, give, give without asking. I mean, if you want more sales, you've got to make more offers, and so you do have to weave in your offers. But still, you know, deliver value. Look to deliver value up front first, especially when you're dealing with a cold audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love that. Uh, going back to email, right? I send a daily email. I'm always trying to give value and tips and things. And then my, my offer, the way I've structured my whole email is usually my offers at the very bottom of the email. Mm -hmm. After I've given the value, you can take it, you can run with it. Oh, by the way, you know, here's a webinar I'm doing, or if you want to schedule a call, but that's usually for me at the bottom because yes, I, I need them to do that. And I want them to do that. I always want to give them the opportunity, but I want to give the value first. Yeah. And that's a mistake that I made early on is I gave too much without asking for anything in, in return. And it's not that you're, you know, being, doing an aggressive ask, but let's say, you know, eight out of your 10 emails, you're, you're delivering value. And then you may have like a PS that says something effective whenever you're ready, here are a couple ways I can help you and you give some options. Um, but then occasionally like maybe two out of those 10 emails, maybe they're emails that they are just focused on an offer. So it's some shorter email, it's something specific related to the offer, and there's not necessarily any um, uh, advice in there that you know, they can take and then apply and get it, see a result by tonight, but it's focused more on the offer. But you have a history of delivering value right. that your audience isn't going to mind in occasional offer if the majority of the time you're delivering something that's helping them in some way. Especially if during your marketing, you're building that relationship, you're sharing yourself, you're, you're putting that personality in it so that they like you. Uh, everybody, everybody gets it. We're in business, right? We're all in business. We're going to have to make offers. And just doing it that way and building those relationships of trust, um, get people to, to know, like, and trust you. They want to do business with somebody that they like. And that's just one way to do it. Email is one way to do it. You can do it on social media. You can do it in direct mail, um, website, you name it. It's all over the place. And we haven't even touched on video and how you, yeah. how you weave that into video. But that's just a whole other component that I think people need to be doing more video and doing videos like this, uh, you know, not, not highly produced things, but iPhones and just being real because I want to know who you are if I'm going to trust you. 
Yeah, and that, that's a good thing right now. That's one of the advantages that we have. You know, prospects in most situations, they're not expecting some highly produced, especially like when it comes to video. Um, it used to be that you need to have a camera crew and have the latest equipment and you have to come across super professional in some office setting. But I think you know, society in general realizes that a lot of the business, and we're seeing this especially right now, a lot of businesses are run, are home-based businesses. They are, they are run from smaller businesses where, um, you know, boutique type businesses right. where it's only one to, you know, five in, employees. And there's no sense if, uh, I used to think, you know, especially when I first got started, I wanted people to feel like um, they were working with someone who was bigger than really what I was. It's almost like you're putting on a, uh, on a facade. And right. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think people, they like that. They like to do business, uh, you know, on a personal level. And that's one of the advantages that social media has allowed is you learn what people are like and you see, yeah. like you get insight into the world outside of business and it helps create that connection, those connections that are so important. Um, it's, it's given us an advantage, um, with social media, like social media does get a bad rap, but I mean, I love to see people that I, um, that I follow, like, what are they doing outside of their work environment? Because again, I can relate to it. Like maybe it's their kids, maybe they're out fishing, maybe they're out shooting baskets. I don't know, you know, whatever it is, but I can relate to that. And, uh, there's a commonality there right. that just creates a stronger connection. Yeah. And, and I think when you get that commonality, that common ground, those connections that you're talking about, that's all wrapped into marketing, even though mm -hmm. we don't call it marketing, it really is because, uh, Marketing's, you know, my definition of marketing is everything you do to gain and retain a customer. And that would include social media posts and hanging out with my kids and sharing my story as, as an adoptive dad who did foster care for eight years. And one of my daughters, African American. And, uh, you know, I share that story. And every time I share that story, Tom, people are like, oh, and they just connect with me. And then we go on, you know, I've already crossed the, the two biggest hurdles. They know me now. They like me. Now it's just yeah. building the trust of what I do and can I serve you? Yeah. But it's telling my story. And, and that's, I think, one of the big things that um, I know you help people do. Um, t talk to me. T tell us about how can people get a hold of you? Obviously, your book is on, on Amazon. Your new book, you've got three of them. So this is your new book called Escape the Unexpected. No, Escape the Expected. Escape the Expected by Tom Trush. Yep. You can find it on Amazon. But how else? If somebody's intrigued, they want to find out more about you and, and your services, Tom. Where would they find you? So the easiest way is my website. And uh, the website is rightwaysolutions.com. And rightway is W-R-I-T-E, you know, so the writing component. So rightwaysolutions.com. That's the easiest place. Uh, it's a pretty, actually just redid the website. It's super simple now. Um, the, the, um, the, the meat of the website is there's a lot of articles on there, tips, articles. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of goes back to... Uh, you know, the tips articles are part of a tip uh, where I look to repurpose a lot of the marketing that I put out. A lot of the content, you know, that'll be emails, uh, also go onto the website into a whole, I mean, there's something like 350 articles on there wow. that people can just, it's like a library, a marketing library that people can go in there and they can search. Um, so that's the easiest way is just that, that website, rightwaysolutions.com. Awesome. Well, I, I encourage people to do that. I encourage people to get a copy of your book and to become students of copywriting, but also really students of marketing. Because uh, e even though I pigeonhole you into a copywriting uh, place, you're much broader than that because copywriting is just one aspect of developing mm -hmm. and delivering a marketing message. 
And I think as, as many business owners need to really learn and understand, it's broader, it's understanding the target market, target audience, you mentioned that, but it's telling your story and doing things that are unexpected to bring delight to your audience in some way online, offline, and a combination of both. So, uh, Tom, thanks for being here. Uh, we may have to come back and do another one and talk video because I know you've got some video experience and uh, helping people understand how, how to do video. But uh, let me just encourage people to get a copy of your book. Go to Amazon and uh, pick up Tom's book or uh, go to his website, rightwaysolutions.com, and that's W-R-I-T-E. And... Um, reach out to Tom, have a conversation with him, see how he can help you. Um, but if nothing else, go through the library verticals on his website. And uh, it's like walking into a library probably, huh? Going back to that, your story, right? That is right. Yep. That's the idea. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Tom, you're always a, a great guy to talk to. You're a wealth of information and um, love talking with you and reconnecting. And I just want to encourage people to reach out to you. So um, hope this has been encouraging to you as, as, as much as it has been to me. It's always great to be with you, Tom. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having me. It was a good time. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.